Well, good morning again, and you don't have to say back. You've already done that <laughs> two or three times this morning. Um, but again, I'm, I'm Brian Brooks, and uh, I want to thank this church for the opportunity to do this. Um, I hope you know, and I hope it, you sense that I really feel this is a privilege to be able to do this, and I honor it, and I try to do the best that I can with it. But it's, it's such a great opportunity that this church provides. So I thank you for that. Uh, as I've told you before, I, I really um, look forward to these opportunities to do this because God ends up speaking to me in, in different ways, and it's a, way, it's a way to just to feel the closeness of God. So I thank you for that. And if you also know, know me, you know that um, I like to read Scripture. And so I, I kicked Pat out this morning from liturgist and said I would take care of the scripture this morning. So I want to read, I'm going to read the, the part from Ephesians now, and we'll hold the part from Romans for later. So if you'd like to, you know, please open up your Bible to, and read along with me, Ephesians 4, chapter, chapter 4, 1 through 8 and 11 through 16. If you don't have a Bible with you, please feel free to use the red pew Bibles in front of you. So again, it's Ephesians 4, 1 through 8 and 11 through 16. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive in his train and gave gifts to men. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become more mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. This is the word of the Lord. As I was asked to preach on this Sunday, it it hit me since this is the first Sunday following Pastor Craig and his last Sunday last last week, I was reminded that I also gave the sermon the first Sunday after Pastor Russ's last Sunday. And I'm sure you all remember what I preached about a year and a half ago. On that Sunday, after at that, I used this same passage, and no, I'm not going to rehash the same sermon, but I used the same passage, and what I talked about at that time was unity, the unity aspect, and that how we were about to enter into this period of what many people were calling a period of transition, but what I really wanted to characterize was a period of opportunity at that time, that we had a, an opportunity as we moved forward, as we began the search for an interim, and started the process of beginning looking for a full-time pastor. How there was, God was opening up before us seasons of opportunity, and I wanted us to take advantage of that as members. And I talked about how the Spirit 
provides that sort of unity. Well, we stand again today, about to begin another phase in the life of this church. And I hope you're as excited about it as I am. I hope that you are looking forward to this. This another season, and it's not just one of opportunity, but I think it's one of promise. I think it's one of promise for this church and for everyone who attends here and everyone members and for Pastor Eric. Now, I don't know, because I've not talked to him specifically about it, but I don't know if Pastor Eric comes with what he feels is a vision God has given him for this church. I don't know that. But what I do know, that both he and Elizabeth feel very strongly that they have been called to this church. And I do know, as a fact, because I've talked to each and every one of them, that the pastor search committee feels very strongly, and I see nods from their heads as I say this, that he has been called to this church. He and Elizabeth have been called to this church. And I know many of you have felt that when he's been here and as he's preached and as we've met him. God is bringing him here for a reason. I think we already see one of the reasons, one, and that's with Elizabeth's illness. They're going to need a a church family that's going to be able to care for them and support them during this time. And you, Kishwaukee, are well-equipped to do that. And you've shown that time and time again. So I already see God working out one purpose, but I know that that's not it. There's more to it than that. So how do we get ready for this? How do we get ready for this opportunity, this change, this, this season of growth that we will look forward to, growth in what God has for us? Well, Paul lays this out for us. He lays it out, what the purpose of the church is. And Pastor Craig has been talking over the last several weeks. Sorry if this disturbs a lot of people. I'm, I'm excited about this. Pastor Craig has been talking about after the resurrection and the formation of the church, how Jesus came, how he commissioned the disciples to go out and preach the gospel to everyone, how at Pentecost he promised the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came and it empowered them and filled all of them and the church grew. And we see the foundation of the beginning of the church. Paul lays out for us now, what is the purpose of the church? What is the church meant to do? And I want to walk through that with us right now. As we look at this, what is the purpose of the church as we look towards what we can and should be doing? Again, I'm going to get a t- I, it talks about the unities in the first few verses, one through five. It talks about being humble, being gentle, being patient with one another in love. You will see throughout this passage, love appears multiple times. But most importantly, there is one body and one spirit. And I've said this before, that when you became a Christian, when you put your belief in Jesus Christ, when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior and acknowledged him as the Son of God, you received the Holy Spirit. You were marked and you received the Holy Spirit. That same Spirit is the same Spirit in every one of us as a believer. There is not a different Spirit. Jim doesn't have a different Spirit than Mark does. It's the same Spirit. And that same Spirit allows us to be unified if we just get ourselves out of the way. One Lord, one faith, one God. There is unity in all this that Paul is saying. But now let's get into the portion he's talking about for the church in chapter in, in, uh, 7. But to each one of us, each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then verse 11. It was he, that being Christ, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Christ gave a gift to the church. He gave these people, these people who are gifted, 
to be evangelists, people who are gifted to be teachers and preachers. He's given them to the church. For what purpose? Verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service. To prepare God's people, that's each one of us, for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. And to what end? Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God's gifted people and equipped them so that they can equip others in the service, in ministries. And that, that service and ministry can be actualized. The pastor, teacher, is to nourish the saints of the congregation. That's each of us as believers. And nourish us with the word of God and equip us for service. We then, in turn, perform the work of the ministry. As each of us grows and wins others, the entire body grows in Christ. Each one of us shares in the growth of the church. But what do we need to be able to do that? We have to mature. We have to grow up. So that we can, and why? Verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the continuing and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. We need to grow up. We need to be mature in Christ so that we become stable and not, and not, not easily led astray. Satan is out there, ready, willing, and waiting for his time to tear down the church. And he does that through false teachings. That's one way. Through lies. And one of the reasons you have to be mature in your faith is so you are able to stand firm and know when the lies are being told to you. And know what is the truth. So, Rather than being infants, rather than being immature in Christ, we are, in verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. That's what I really want to focus on this morning, this growing up into Christ. We need to be mature. Maturity is not an automatic thing. It is an ongoing process. And it's an ongoing process of being joined and held together in relationship in the body of Christ. Without maturity, we cannot become all that God wants us to be. Neither can we know all that the Lord wants us to understand. We won't be able to comprehend the things that God wants us to unless we become more mature as we grow up. Furthermore, we cannot do all that our Heavenly Father wants us to accomplish unless we become more mature. So how do we do this? We need to be able to put ourselves out there. We need to be able to tell ourselves and be able to put I'm struggling one moment because I'm suddenly changing what I wanted to say. Um, You know what it's like to be an infant and know an infant. And you know what it's like not to be able to, to learn you, and to be able to grow. We have to be able to learn and mature. I, I equip this with, or uh, equate this with, 
being able to, um, if you were to take a course, a correspondence course in swimming, right? Sooner or later, to be able to implement it, right? You got to get in the water. You can sit in church and hear all the sermons you want and be fed that way. But until you put it into practice, until you get into the water with it, you won't grow. You will be stagnant. You may feel somewhat nourished, but you're not going to grow. And you know that be able to, to be able to exercise your muscles in your body, right? That's the only way they're going to be able to grow is to exercise them, to put them into practice. That's what Paul is calling us to do. Not to sit back, not to, to be able to just go to church, go to listen to a service online, but you need to become active. You've got to become involved. You need to become involved in service and in ministry. That's what Paul is telling us we have to do. Otherwise, you don't grow. You don't become more mature. You don't grow up in Christ. And it's not just one level of, of growing up, right? Sometimes people attain a certain level of proficiency like in teaching or in relationship building or in preaching, and then they might assume that they now qualify for being a mature Christian, but that's not what Paul says. Paul tells us that we need to grow up in all aspects of Christ on the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So no matter how old you are or how young you are, we all need to grow. We have not attained the full measure of Christ. So maybe you were, you've been in this church for years and you taught Sunday school and you, you were proficient at that. You were a leader in that. And you may think, I'm mature in Christ. But that's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying there's all other aspects to being a Christian. There's all other aspects of Christ that we are not talking about. And we all need to make sure that we're looking at ourselves and looking at each other, myself included in this, and saying, where am I falling short? Where am I not mature? Where am I not growing up into Christ? We know several things about growth, what it's not. Growth is not automatic, right? It is a choice. You grow old, no, no choice of yours, but that doesn't mean you grow up, right? It's a choice to grow up. Growth is not instant. It's a gradual process. It reminds me of the story I heard about a group of tourists who went into a quaint little town and they saw an old, older gentleman sitting in front of the country store and they asked kind of condescendingly, have any great people been born in this town? And he said, nope, only babies. <laughs> Growth is a process, Right? To be mature, you don't have to worry about the end product. You just need to each day look at growth, incrementally developing, growing. Growth doesn't happen by just attending church. I've already talked about that. Growth doesn't just happen by yourself. You need to grow with each other. That's part of why when people say, it drives me crazy when people say, well, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Right. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You just need to believe in Jesus Christ to be a Christian. But that's not what God calls us to. That's not what Jesus calls us to. Jesus came and said, I came to provide life and to provide it abundantly. Jesus wants us to have abundant life. You can't have that working on your own solo. You need to be part of the body, building each other up. What does Paul talk about? How we grow with each other. We grow by speaking the truth in love. Right? That's the key, being tr speak, this, speaking the truth in love. 
This covers the growth. This is how we grow. Now, the Greek word that, that is used here is alathuyo, alathuyo, and it means to speak the truth, to profess the truth, to teach the truth. It's more than just speaking it. It's living it. It's being out there that the truth is part of us. Another way to put it, being true, speaking truth, following the truth. But it's not just being true, speaking true, and living true. It's that it all has to be done in love. And we do that with each other. We, that overriding love, that overriding concept has to guide every principle that we do within the church. So my challenge to us, to each and every one of us, myself included, how do we do this in the church today? I think we need to stop and look and rethink about how we're looking at things. Rather than looking at particular aspects that the church requires as a duty or an obligation or um, something that just has to be done to make the church function, we need to look at these things as what they really are. And that's a ministry. Every act of service that we do in, on behalf of Christ in the part of the body is a ministry. And did you know that part of the root word for ministry is, means service? So every ministry is a service at some point. Rather than looking at being an usher as a duty or obligation, we need to start looking at it as a ministry because that's what it is. It's a ministry to stand there and be able to greet people as they come in, hand them a program, and, and welcome them in this, this church. That's a ministry. To be greeters at our front doors. And many people have said how much they like having someone there. That's a ministry. To be able to stand there and know, let people know when they enter this church, they are welcome here. That's a ministry. We're going to need people for, that are going to help need to help with upcoming Vacation Bible School. That's a huge ministry that we have in this congregation, and what an outreach that provides. But it takes people to do it. It takes volunteers in every aspect, not just to teach, but to help and assist. And, and if you, I'm sure that uh, they're looking for volunteers now. Be on the lookout for that opportunity to, to do that. It's a ministry. And we need to stop looking at tasks in this church as tasks. That's not what they are. They're the opportunity to minister and to serve. And that's how you become more mature in Christ, by stepping out and doing things. Now, you may be, um, have done something for years, taught Sunday school, um, any of those, op those opportunities that we've done. And my challenge during this time as we transition and new things become available and we do new, new opportunities is to, to open yourself up and see if God is asking you to step out of your, your comfort zone into other areas. And maybe by you stepping up into another area, that provides an opportunity for someone to step up and take your place. We all have been gifted when the Holy Spirit came into us through our belief in Christ. We've been gifted. You may sit here today and say, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know that I have a gift. You have a gift. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a gift. And part of our obligation as a church is to help you discover that gift and put it into practice. And that's what we're looking to do as we develop programming, as we develop more things, as we move forward with this church in this new season, is to give you that opportunity. But you don't need to wait for that. And you shouldn't wait for it. You need to step out. Try something. 
Be an usher for a Sunday. Be a greeter for a Sunday. Volunteer to help out at vacation Bible school. Find out if, you, if, if maybe working with children is what your gift is. Try something. Trust in Christ and try something that you feel called to. Or you feel like this might be the area that I want to do it. We're not all gifted to do everything. That's true. Some people will excel in other areas, but we don't know unless we try. That's the challenge I give to us during this, this season, this new season, is to be that. Now, what a church that would be, right? What a church that would be if we all step up and try something new and extend ourselves out and do something different or bring someone else along. Or, and that's the other obligation we have as members and why you need to be a part of a congregation is to bring others along with you, to look into others and say, you know what, I think I see what might be your gift I see how well you worked with the kids there. I think that might be your gift. Or I see how well you, you deal with people who are distressed or people who are in the hospital. What a blessing those people are. And it's not one area that I'm gifted in, but it's an area that many people are. And what a blessing the people are who can visit others and visit uh, the people who are shut-ins or sick. We need to step out and do this, folks. We need to be able to say to ourselves, where am I where can I go now? Where can God give me now? Now, we've got a couple things going on. As Craig had mentioned, and we did this, this church survey a while ago. We identified three areas where we scored the lowest in that, and they were in um, uh, need-based evangelism, um, small groups, and empowering leadership. Those were the three areas where we identified that we weren't doing as strong a job as we were in some other areas. So three groups met, or we've been meeting, people, groups have been meeting, divided in those three groups, and each looked at that. And each group identified where we are now in each of those areas, where we would like to be, and how we get there. Now, none of this is being implemented at this time. Let me just start by saying that none of what I'm talking about has been implemented, but these are things that are in process. And once Pastor Eric gets on board, we'll start to develop these even further. But one of the things that uh, evangelism looked at, and Craig, Pastor Craig had us say, okay, after we identified all those things, and say, okay, if you could just do one thing right now, what would it be? And evangelism came up with doing a Saturday night service. That that would be the one thing, is, is an outreach to the community to have a Saturday night service. If that comes forward, if they, we move forward with that down the road, that's going to need people to, to help with. That's going to need people, and not just the people that are necessarily that are here on Sunday morning. It may take a whole different crew of people to work that on Saturday night. But there's an opportunity to step up and do some things as part of a worship service in that. Small groups said, we'd like to do another church-wide small group um, ministry, much like um, Experiencing God was and the Truth Project was that we did over the last several years. So there's going to be opportunities if that moves forward to host small groups in your homes, to lead or facilitate small groups in those homes. And the idea being that that spawns other things to happen, other small groups, other things build off of that, that things grow organically from that. So there's opportunities that are coming down the road potentially. Look forward for those. And then leadership, empowering leadership. What we identified was where we, we really want to focus on is how are we not and how we need to support our leaders better. And, and um, what we identified is coming up right away is Vacation Bible School and how we can, as the session and as leaders, support those people that are in that. 
People shouldn't feel like when they volunteer to do something that they've signed up for life. Right? You should find, sign up to serve and serve as long as you feel called to serve, as long as you feel like you're serving uh, the Lord doing that, but you shouldn't feel like you've signed up for, your, for life. Right? And you shouldn't feel like you're in it alone, that you're, I've signed up to do this and now I've got to do all of this myself. We need to change the culture in this church from the standpoint of feeling, making sure that people feel supported when they step up to do leadership and that they um, are supported not only spiritually and, um, but physically supported from having other people go along with them. What it also means as leaders of this church, what we need to do, is when you jump in the water, when you decide to put into practice the swimming lessons that you've taken, we're there with you, and we're in the water with you, and we're there supporting you, and we're there helping you, and we're there training you, and we're there to help you build and grow, not only helping ourselves as well. And then when, when you're still growing but somebody else needs to, we'll be able to step out of the water and let someone else plunge in with you. We all need to jump in the water together. And maybe you're sitting there today and you said, there's a lot of things I used to be able to do in this church and I can't do them anymore because maybe just my age or physical limitations or whatever. There may be you can't do that. But what you can always be for somebody, always be for somebody, is a mentor. And help new Christians or help people who are young in Christianity grow. We can all do that. And that, through that, you also will continue to grow and mature. Paul sums this up in the, in the passage from Romans that I want to read to you. You, don't, you can follow along if you'd like, but it's Romans 12, 3 through, 3 through 13. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't think of yourself mature when you're not mature but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, understanding where you need to still grow in Christ in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, as these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Do you get what Paul's saying? If you've got a gift, and you have a gift, use it. Don't sit on it. Use it. Use it to the glory of God and use it for building up the body. Be devoted. I'm sorry. Love, what, uh, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Friends, we are called to serve each other. We are called to be in service for one another and to the community. As we develop that, as we grow, as we do ministry, we start to then allow that spirit that is within us to better communicate with the spirit in each one of us. As we each grow up, as we each develop, as we each build, the body grows. As we grow individually, the body grows. And can you imagine what this church is like as if we each grow up and that spirit of unity that is within us grows 
the communication flows. Think of it as cells in your body, and, or, and I'm not good with the physiology of these things, but I, you know, blood vessels that carry the blood. If they're constricted or, or they're filled, the flow of blood isn't as good, the body doesn't operate. But when you open up that, those veins and the blood flows, the body grows. Right? The muscles get the, the nourishment that they need through the blood and the body grows. Think of that as we grow with each other, as we build each other up, as we speak the truth in love to one another, we, that flow grows greater and that body becomes larger and stronger. Then, once this body grows, and remember, the church is not just this church in, in Kishwaukee, it's the church of Christ worldwide. We start to build this body, then we look and we help build other bodies. Can you imagine what it's like then if each church in Stillman Valley becomes like that? Right? Each church in Stillman Valley where the body has grown and the flow of the Spirit and unity grows, then our, the, unity, the same Spirit is in them that is in us, believers in Christ. It's not different for the people at the white church or the red brick church. It's the same as us. Can you imagine what this community would be like if all three of these churches come together and in unity start to build and develop the body of Christ? Then it spreads from there. Do you see what the possibility is? Amen! I'm sorry. I'm excited about this kind of stuff because... I'm excited about the possibility of what God has in store for this church. And we all need to be excited about it because we all have a role to play. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You all, each and every one of you, Paul says it, Jesus says it, you all have a role to play. And part of what I want to convey this morning to you is be ready for it. Be prepared for it. Start now. And if you don't see a ministry that's active for you now, there's still things you can do to mature. Make sure you're spending time in your Bible every day. Make sure you're praying with God. Make sure you're in fellowship with somebody. You could start mentoring somebody today or looking for someone to mentor you. Find someone who you think has some maturity in the faith and ask them, I'd like to learn from you. I'd like to spend some time with you. Oh, my friends, what an exciting time this is for us as a church. We have gone through so much, right? God's done that for a reason. God has used that, I should say, God has used that for his purposes. I believe this church is in a better position today to, to handle what God has in store for us than we were a year and a half ago. Messages from Pastor Craig have been great. What a blessing he has been up here in this pulpit serving. But I kind of felt like we've been just kind of holding steady. And that's not his fault. That's any interim that's going to have that. I'm ready to move forward. Are you? Let's be ready as a church to do that. Amen.